0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Iodeli Speaks. I'm Iodeli, husband, father of two, 20-year educator, um, based here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so, you know, it's interesting. Um, one of my BME's Talk uh, partners, James Varlak, uh, who's based down in Mission, Texas, like South, 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 South Texas, um, is a uh, and and instructional technologist, just an expert down there in that area. Well, and you know, he had showed me this article um, and with this poll and the poll, it, it um, asked um, teachers, educators from around the country about how they feel about virtual learning. And this was back during um, the early parts of the pandemic back in early spring. And The results of the poll was that 43 percent of educators who were leading virtual learning felt unprepared, felt not ready. Hey, good morning. Good yourself. Um, Felt not ready. 43 percent, you know, when schools in-person learning had shut, you know, shut down. And I thought that, you know, that's a that's a big number and it should be because not you know not everybody is i mean it's a big huge transition to go from you know one week full-on in-person instruction like years of schooling have been done for you uh, for your teaching career to then you got to transition all online and i I don't think very many people were prepared um for that some schools have had systems set up where they've had one-to-one laptops and some other you know blended learning instruction but not this full on 100% of the school virtually. And so I know because my work here in Atlanta um, and with educators around the country, like they have spent, teachers have been spending the summer, part of the spring too and the summer, like attending professional learning to learn about how to lead and teach virtually, you know, from different um, ed tech, solutions or apps like Nearpod and some other, you know, things that you can use to teach from to learning new learning management systems. You know, how we're gonna, you know, take attendance and do all this from afar. You know, um, learning also, you know, what types of platforms to use, whether it is Microsoft Meet, Google Classrooms. Um, Some schools in in an instance, some districts adopted Google Classrooms. They didn't normally work from that, so they had to learn that whole system of how to translate what is normally, you know, for some, is typed up, is written in a file somewhere. Others, it's actually handwritten. I mean, it just depends upon, you know, it's just a whole shakeup has happened. And so they spent the summer really translating all of this to the virtual space. Districts, schools, international, private, public, they all invested in preparing teachers and the learning environment whether that's assistant principals, whether that's principals, if it's school counselors, everybody was learning how to function in this virtual space, how to uh, do the best they can, do their job the best they can in this virtual space. And so the summer was spent. And so it's interesting, you know, you hear that they're, they're just, teachers are exhausted. It's hard. And now summer's spent and we're in September and many people um, across this many school districts across the south started back up um, some as early as late july um others around mid to late august good morning um and then we know that more schools in the west and the north are beginning to open up during the month of september um some the day after labor day so you know school is slowly getting back in and did a little check-in. So last night, so this is recorded on Wednesday, um, September 2nd. So last night, Tuesday, September 1st, we held a, our regular Tuesday night BMEs talk Twitter chat, and the topic was distance learning or virtual learning. And in the course of that conversation, what I learned from other black male educators from around the country is they still feel unprepared. They're feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling like it's hard to translate district guidelines, school guidelines. How do we translate our school initiatives to now that we're done in person and now virtually? Still trying to figure out how to, how do you build culture in a virtual space? You know, all of these things are still there. And that's, you know, adding to this feeling of being overwhelmed, overworked. And it it begins to lean and weigh on one's confidence. And we know with any profession, confidence is key. You know, not overconfidence, not brazenness. But having confidence that you can deliver on the professional duty that you signed up for is huge and directly impacts the way that we engage our clients, our customers, right? Because our, our families, our students, they are our customers and they are our clients and we wanna do our best for them. And when we're feeling confident that we know what we're doing, that then translates into having a bit more mental thinking space to be flexible to manage and navigate uncertain circumstances that might come up, to deliver content, to create a learning environment that is cohesive, comprehensive, allows students to be uh, authentic, culturally responsive. But in this space, teachers... Now, here's the thing. Teachers are, and educators in the system, they they are doing it because there's no stop. There's no pause button. So they're managing this, but it's still, it's still hard, you know. And, you know, for me, I'm. There's a few things that I'm concerned about. Um, one, as I mentioned earlier, is the, the COVID slide, right? And that is the, um, learning retention that students will carry into them, into this year. So a study shared that I read said that um, students will retain 70 percent. Of what they learned last year in ELA and 50 percent of what they learned in mathematics on average coming into this year and we know that for black indigenous students of color rural students that is going to disproportionately impact them so it's like this idea that it's always been a challenge but all the inequities that or many of the equities that are black, indigenous, students of color, rural students faced in quote-unquote normal times or pre-COVID are exacerbated, are are elevated, are through the roof now. And so we had so there is this there is this surmountable task but humongous task ahead of educators. So that's one piece Of this work so there there is this teachers hold they know that this is the case they know that their students might be further behind they are not fully aware of where their students are at based upon the end of the year they can't start where they normally start so that's stressful right then the second thing is well now I got to make sure that there's some clarity and fidelity to the work that I deliver to the instruction to the environment that I create and there's not there's not a, a heck of a lot of direction, you know again, like I said, some districts have already been on Google classroom and their um, uh, and and other uh, digital platforms to to have some sort of blended learning that's involved, but many have not been, and even if you have been on those platforms, you haven't functioned where that's a hundred percent of the communication, so updating all your syllabi, your community agreements like all the things that you need to create the learning environment, to ensure that kids are successful, all have to be figured out how to do that in a virtual space. So we got kids coming back with who potentially could have retention challenges, information retention challenges from previous year. Then we got this conversion, full on conversion of like the way we teach now virtually. And then, you know, kids are learning at home. They're learning at home and you know, or in some sort of community setting, let's just say they're learning outside of the school building. So there's so many other factors that cannot be controlled there that the teacher has to think and consider and develop contingency plans and figure out. I know for me, it's like, What's the base, foundational knowledge, understanding, mindset, skills that they need to have, know-how that they need to have to be able to function in a learning environment and get the learning environment right. And so that's a lot for, and there's many more things because also teachers, many of them have children themselves or are guardians themselves and students are learning at home, and then there some of them, some of our educators are being asked to come in and teach from their classroom. Some are required, others it's optional. So there's these, these pressures, right, that exist, trying to ensure that we create and sustain equitable learning environments for our children especially those that are black, indigenous, students of color, and rural students. And so, so, what do we do? How do we navigate this? And so, my team and I, what we've developed is a roadmap. A roadmap, really what we call it, a, it's a roadmap that leads to data-driven, virtual instruction, for black boys. So it's 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 a roadmap to help us to, to, to see a framework, a customizable framework for creating a learning environment where black boys thrive. Now, the specific focus of this workshop is black boys. But, but this works for everyone. It's a framework, right? So it works for indigenous students, for students of color, students who have special needs, um, Rural students, like for everybody, but the focus of this workshop would be black boys, but anybody, any and all educators from all levels, K-12, district office, whatever that might be, can attend. And and for your registration, they receive this roadmap, right? This framework. And the framework goes from really beginning with a vision, like what's your vision, establishing your vision for virtual learning for the kids that you serve then we go into the dynamics of the learning environment so what are the dimensions of the learning environment that we need to make sure we're considering then we look at well what are we doing so what is our current state of affairs within that learning environment and then the part of the roadmap is we then have to collect a bit of evidence and that means getting to understanding the voices and experiences of our students and parents as they engage the learning environment that we created because this is that feedback loop so i'm doing something so i'm doing something in this space well then i got to make sure that what i'm doing is translating the only way that i can get it to translate and know if it's being effective if i'm getting the environment right I have to engage in multiple ways of collecting evidence from my stakeholders, from my students, from my parents, from my colleagues. So in this workshop, it's three hours long. This is a workshop. This is, I will be live, facilitating. We will have educators from around the country. There will be small breakout discussions in group. There will be work periods. This is not going to be a sit and get. This is gonna be a time where we can really begin to, one, reflect on our own practices, two, have the opportunity to share with others our practices, and three, in that sharing, we get to learn from others. And the great part about this roadmap is it's customizable because as i said before, black boys are not a monolith. Rural students are not a monolith. Indigenous students are not a monolith there is no one-size-fits-all answer. So there are some general strategies that work in general, but this workshop is about helping you personalize this framework to fit the students you exactly serve. So if you're in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're at a charter school, K-5, population, you can take this roadmap and customize it, personalize it to the students you serve, to the community that you serve. If you're in San Francisco, California, in San Francisco Unified School District, a neighborhood high school, you are an English teacher. Again, you could take this framework and des- and build it out, craft it, customize it to fit your students. So, the registration link, where you can get registered, Tickets are on sale now, cbveducation.eventbrite.com. they will be wherever the comments are and the resources here. Please share, we want to pack this event out. But this is going to be a workshop. So no pre-recorded videos, no access is gonna be granted for weeks down the line because this is a work session. You'll get the workbook in advance to take a look at. I'll ask you to either print it out or be able to use it, but we're going to use this workbook. We're gonna go page by page, adding our own information. That's the goal, is to leave here with a more solid understanding of the learning environment. What you'd like to create, what are your hopes for, what are you currently doing, what are your next steps? Because the key is, is that, we can't tackle every issue in our environment right away. We got we to figure out what the low hanging, excuse me what will be the least amount of work to give us the greatest amount of impact and then be working from there. So I'm saying to you educators, teachers, school leaders, administrators, you do not have to do this alone. You do not have to do this alone. You can do this in community, in this workshop, data driven, virtual, virtual instruction for black boys. Because the key here is this, is that because our children are not monoliths, the data-driven part comes from me understanding what am I doing in my class, in my virtual setting, and how are students and families responding to it? That's the data that we need. That will then help us go into this cycle of continuous improvement. Try something, set a vision, see what I'm doing across the space, see how my students and my parents are reacting to it, what their experiences are, and then go through a cycle of improvement. Choose your next step, choose one area to focus on for a certain period of time, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, focus on that, reassess. And what I'm going to do, well, the word's not reassess, but collect more data, right? So it's not giving a test or anything like that, like what I'm gonna talk about is four methods of data collection that you can use in individually or collectively so that you can get a sense, you can collect evidence from your stakeholders, from your parents and your students on, if you're getting it right, what might be the next steps? What might be suggestions that you would take, right? Cause we have to be part of that trust building. One of, one of the brothers last night um, in the chat said, we have to build trust with our families with our students and the way we build trust is by asking them by sharing with them what we're doing being transparent being clear with what we're doing and then asking for their feedback what is their experience like and that is not just a single I said that there's four ways right to collect this information to see if you're getting this right part of it is conducting an interview could be sending a One way is conducting an interview or small focus group. Getting a group of students together and seeing how they're experiencing learning in the class. Be very specific to an area that you want to know about. So not just how are things going. So with the homework specifically, the way it's assigned, how are you, what's going well, what isn't going well, right, in a a focus group or an interview. You can do similar questions of statements of strongly agree to strongly disagree in uh, perception surveys of this work with parents, right? How, how is communication home coming, you know? The other, the third thing is, is observations. What are you seeing? How are students interacting during a certain part of your lesson, during the end, at the end of the day, just before they go to lunch? So doing some observation and collecting. So what we're gonna do is talk about these methods and how you can use them to see, really, if you're getting the learning environment right or how well you're you're doing in your job. Because we can't just blindly assume that something we do or we heard online or read online is just gonna work for us. It might, but we have to have some way to measure its effectiveness so that we can decide what the best form of virtual instruction is. That's why we call it data-driven virtual instruction for back boys. Please register to join us, you're not alone they're on the weekend so i have two sessions lined up um, right now september 19th noon to noon to 3 p.m eastern time and then october 3rd noon to 3 p.m eastern time i'm expecting educators to join us from around the country be a part of this you don't have to be alone in this space virtual instruction is not easy and it's not built in a day Even with the summer of training, there's still a process of learning. Even if you are feeling like you're strong with your virtual instruction, that's great. Still come to the workshop. Check out the roadmap, right? If you have a roadmap yourself, compare it to the ones that we've created. See if you've, there might be a chance where you can go from good to great, where you feel like you're strong, you're delivering, but you're just looking for that next level of instruction that next level of data to help you take your instruction or take to to push your outcomes even further through the roof so join us educators from across the country will be with us from all different levels from elementary middle and high school we'll have district administrators we'll have building leaders instructional coaches bring a team don't come alone bring a team so that you have someone to share and work this with then you can take the road map and share it with your colleagues. But I think the best thing to do is, especially if you have a a grade-level team or a content level, a content team, bring them all or bring your your, your top two colleagues, someone that you consistently plan with so that you can have this discussion about this tool, this roadmap. So, again, you're not alone. We're going to put more and more tools out there and we're starting with this workshop. I'm excited, Community Build Ventures, education. What we are doing is we are collaborating with diverse stakeholders to ensure that we are addressing the inequitable, the education inequities that our students, parents, teachers, staff members, community members are facing every single day. And one of the things we're facing right now is this access to quality tools to help us build virtual instruction to ensure that our black boys, that our, indig- our black girls, our indigenous students, our students of color, and our rural students are successful. Take care. Mm-hmm.